All right, how do I know when it's addict behavior? We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. Okay, guys, really good question. Uh, We're going to review, though, before we jump into that. uh, And this review is called A Light in a Very Dark Tunnel. It says, we have been listening to your podcast for a few weeks now. Every morning, my husband and I listen to an episode independently and talk about what we learned from it. We've been working on my spouse's addiction for over 10 years. We've done 12-step, books, therapists, and a long-term recovery plan. All have given us some tools, but we have continued to hit brick wall after brick wall. Hearing all three of your perspectives at the same time on the same issue has been monumentally helpful for both of us. Thank you for being so courageous and vulnerable. I can imagine your story is helping thousands. That was a very kind review. And I love that they're, that, that they're using it as a compliment to everything else that they're doing and that they're having a conversation about it. I mean, that's that kind of intellectual intimacy, I think, is just really, really invaluable. So um, really appreciate you leaving that review, guys. If you'd like to get started, don't really know how to how to get going, you can go to be, uh, beyond-enough forward slash first step, and you can have a, uh, we'll give you a, a free gift, and it's a two-part video. One talks about um, six different ways that you can begin on the path of recovery as far as like frames of mind. And then the second part are action steps. And I know for sure that Ashlyn, when you and I were in (laughs) just starting, we had no idea where to go. We had no idea what to do, how how to start or anything like that. So having something like this would have been really helpful for us. So um, yeah, glad you guys are here. Let's, uh, Let's go ahead and get started. Let's jump in. Okay, let's do it. So, uh, let me explain just a little bit uh, what we're we're talking about today and and where it's coming from. So, um, you know, I I hear uh, quite a bit times when somebody says, "Hey, you know, you're you're acting like an addict," or that there's your addict, there's your addict behavior. Um, and on the flip side, I hear. Um, the addicts set, you know, kind of treat their, their spouses like they're crazy because look, you're just acting like the wounded betrayed one. Um, and, and really is, how do you differentiate between, you know, that's your, that's your addict behavior and that's just your annoyingness. That's just your suckiness. Like that's, that's part of kind of your personality or your struggles that would be there whether you had a, an addiction or not, um, or whether you experienced betrayal or not, um, you know, how do you differentiate? I think what happens a lot of times is when betrayal trauma happens or when addiction starts to really be known in, in the re- relationship, it, it kind of becomes the lens that everything is looked through, um, you know, that every behavior has to do with the addiction or everything that happens has to do with the betrayal or the addiction. And I think it is, it's important to be able to differentiate some between the two. So have you guys been through this at all, Ashlyn, Kobe? 
yes, sir. <laughs> and um, it's funny because, <laughs> yes. And I guess I look at it like, yes, it does create this very like big lens that we see life through, right? And it's like, it overpowers a lot of our other lenses that we may have had before and kind of fogs it all up. And so for me, even, I mean, how many years are we in recovery? I don't even know. Six. Yeah. Right. Kobe's saying yes. Um, so six years in, I mean, last year, I remember having a conversation with our producer, Matt, and, you know, saying, but this is where I feel this is like not being a totally honest. Kobe's not being totally honest. It's, it's very reminiscent of this addict behavior. Mm-hmm. And him being able to, Ashlyn, it's not, he's not being an addict. He's not an addict. That's human behavior. Like if you're not feeling these things, this is, he's just showing up as this is where I'm at Kobe behavior and not necessarily acting out and deceiving or lying. And he wasn't doing any of those things, but it was hard for me to see and zoom out even that far in. And it had nothing to do with recovery work. It was just life work. And so, yes, I mean, it definitely showed up in the beginnings for sure, but even, uh, you know, years into it, when it's not that daily battle for us, I still found myself not zooming out. (laughs) Ashton and what you're saying, I'm going to play devil's advocate just a little bit so we can flush this out. Um, So if you're not viewing it as addict behavior and it's just human behavior, um, then are you saying that that behavior is okay? No. So, and that's a really good point because what I was asking and seeking for was just, I wanted full honesty in all things. Right. And I mean, I'm being really cryptic, I guess, because I'm not telling you the whole backstory, but I think Kobe would be okay with me saying Kobe had a little uh, midlife unraveling last year. And so for me to not really know where he's at and um, he didn't know where he was at. And so that not telling and not talking about was scary for me because it was reminiscent of the old behavior. Right. So I just wanted full truth. And so what it came down to was I just need you to be like connect with me and be honest no matter where you're at and not be afraid to, to tell me, even if it's something I don't want to hear, which was kind of like before, but not addictive behavior. If that makes sense. I think I made it really messy. Sorry. No, but, but what I'm hearing is it kind of triggered you back Ashlyn into, Oh my gosh, the addictions coming back. Like this is all Mm -hmm. the addict behavior that I dealt with before. And you know, here I, here I go, here we go again. Right. Is, is that totally. kind of what happened? And, and when yeah. you're able to kind of step out of that and not just look through the lens of this is his, ju- just his addict or just his addiction, what, what happened? Um, I want, I started asking more questions and listening instead of assuming and blaming, um, pointing fingers, which was way easier to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just giving, giving him that space to, to try to show up and instead of saying you're not doing it the right way, um, asking and giving him that space to say, hey, can you try? Can you try to give me this? Yeah. I mean, listen to that. So, so because you were able to step out of the trauma response and kind of see him as the struggling human that he is. Um, you were able to hold more space for him, not take it as personally, um, process things better with him. Um, but there, there, it's such a catch-22 thing because if, um, 
if I'm having feelings of fear and, and my gut is telling me, oh my gosh, like, here we go again. This is happening. This is happening. It kind of, it, it's not a bad thing for me to act on that, to do something, to, to not talk myself out of things. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it might not be the healthiest thing to act on that. And what that means mm-hmm. is, is to slow down a little bit to realize all of the pieces of information in the present moment, what's actually going on, and then acting accordingly. Um, maybe, maybe it was addict, addict behavior, maybe it wasn't. But if you stop and, and, and you called a friend, you talked it through, you got mm-hmm. mindful, you became more aware, and, and you realized, oh, this isn't the exact same as what was happening um, you know, before. And and because of that, you were able to be more mindful through it, right? Yeah. And I think that you're right on with that. It did cause me to slow down and just get curious with my own stuff. And um, there was a lot of conversations Kobe and I had where I said, I'm not, I'm not scared that you're acting out. I'm not scared that you're going backwards. I'm scared because it feels the same for me and I don't understand. Right. And it was super confusing for me to know something like I know that he's this over here and he's being honest over here but right here this new place is like it feels a lot similar and he was pretty great about understanding like I know you can believe me but it's frustrating for him to feel like those words I would use the same words like that's addict behavior or that and that didn't go well for (laughs) Okay, As, but, you know, but, moving forward. But Ashton, uh, uh, speak to he was pretty good. I think that's real a really important thing for, for people to understand. So as you're saying, that's addict behavior. Here we go again. Like, you know, how was he good? Like, what did he do to kind of allow you to be triggered, allow you to see him as just the addict? Mm-hmm. But, but like, how was he good there? Um, it was the really uncomfortable stuff that Kobe always shares. Like, um, to, to show up in what he knew was truth for himself, which was hard for me because he wasn't being defensive. Um, he wasn't trying to take the pain away or take the trigger away from me. He wouldn't listen, but he would also say, but that's not where I'm at. And this is who I am. And I, right. like, he would hold that space, but also let me know that he wasn't going to own what I was feeling because that's not where he was at. So if you were caught in the place of he's just a dirty, rotten addict, um, you would miss seeing those recovery behaviors in, mm-hmm. that, in that really important moment in your marriage, right? Where, where growth is happening, but it's, it's a hard growth. It's, it's oh, it's so uncomfortable. Right? <laughs> but, but, but Kobe was actually exhibiting a lot of recovery behavior while you were being triggered into feeling like he was an addict. Because a shift was happening, a change was taking place in your marriage. And for good reason, Ashlyn, you're having a trauma response. You've been through this a mm-hmm. few times. And so for good reason, that's where you're going to go with your assumptions and your fears and all those things. Um, but at the same time, you know, Kobe, another thing, Kobe's here, we're talking all about how wonderful he is. <laughs> just being quiet, enjoying this. I'm just let uh, you guys keep going. <laughs> The <laughs> thing he did though was was not take that personal and and yes. have the shame resiliency to say you can think that I'm an addict right now you can that's okay 
Um, I'm, I'm okay with that. And I can give you space to feel what you're feeling, but I'm not going to fix it for you. I'm not going to step in there and, and be weak here. I'm going to be solid. Um, so that's a good example of when, when it goes well, um, Kobe, do you want to speak, (laughs) speak to it? Yeah, I, there's some there's some really interesting thoughts on this that um, I think are that, that were really important for me, and in truth, this is this is a um, this is a skill set that's still very close to the surface in the sense of um, we at, at certain times still have to deploy these skills um, around this particular in this arena. Okay, is this is this Kobe? Is this addict behavior? Because quarantine, homeschooling kids, uh, you know, life. eating rubbish, life, you know, all kinds of things um, are all play, all play a role, right? And I think the, I think the super key thing for, for this is, is, is just looking back is, um, and I have my hands on my face because this is my key face for just a moment, but to help me get the thought out is um, I want to just identify for the addict and for the betrayed for the indulgent or the betrayed that I grew up not knowing who I was. Okay. I didn't understand what values I wanted to live. I didn't drink. I didn't do, I didn't, I didn't drink and do drugs. And, um, well, I tried not to, I'll just say this. My, my, there were, there are a few things where I was like, I'm not going to do that. Okay. I'm not well, I tried not to bring up. Yeah. I tried not to. <laughs> <laughs> but but there are a few things where I was like, I'm not going to do that. But outside of uh, those very few things that were just really black and white, I just, I just, I didn't know who I was and I didn't know what guided me in my life. But I was raised in, in, in a, in a very religious home in, um, in a Christian home. And, um, but I didn't, I, it was more about compliance, me complying to what was expected than it was me owning the principles that needed to guide my life. So when you, when you take that, the individual that I was, and I betray Ashlyn, and then I live this double life, um, that just compounds the idea that I still don't know who I am, and I'm just leaving this, this carnage behind me, okay? Then we get into recovery, and we're trying to take this enormous mess that I've left behind me because I didn't know who I was, and I'm trying to sort through it, and I'm trying to understand who I am, and that evokes enormous trauma for Ashlyn. So when we get down to this really healthy place where it's like, okay, I'm starting to understand this piece over here on the ground. I picked this up and say, this is me. Like I know for sure that this is me. When Ashlyn goes to trauma, when I'm holding onto this piece saying, this is me. And this, I'm talking like a piece of recovery, piece of life that really guides me. And she goes to trauma. I drop that piece in fear because all of a sudden when she goes to trauma, I would go to trauma and I would second guess myself on that piece of truth that I picked up. And I would think that I was bad, that that was wrong and so forth. And so over time, what was really, really hard was standing up and saying, I've got this piece. I'm actually not going to drop it anymore. This is a piece of who I am. And I understand. Not in a stubborn way. 
I'm not, pretty not, sure there was some stubborn, uh, obstinate. Wait a second. <laughs> there, there was some times that it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was like this <laughs> complete humility, right, Kobe? No. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like, we we had a few moments where yes, we did the more than a few. Boom! Yeah. This is me, and yes, yeah, a few of me just giving Ashlyn the bird finger and saying, "This is me," right, and just like you know, throwing it in her face. Right. But, but um, over time, I began to realize that that wasn't healthy either, right? I swung from not knowing who I was to like, this is me, and throwing it in her face. And I had to swing back down to equilibrium where I can really say, okay, I understand that this piece of truth that's guiding my life, that I've been really fighting hard to understand, that, um, and, and this piece of truth has come at doing dailies every day, at going to group, going to individual, going to 12-step, checking in with my, with my sponsor every day. This piece of truth has been hard fought. And it's the first semblance of truth that I know about me. And now you're questioning it and you're judging this. And I've been judging myself. I'm kind of just realizing what was going through my head. I've been judging myself. I've been my own judge, jury, and executioner all of my life. And so this piece of truth that I know is me, this is so important to me. This is so precious to me because I understood that I didn't know who I was. And now that I do, you're questioning this? Like, how could you? It really felt, it felt so heavy to be, um, to be judged by Ashlyn because of, because of this. But I understood that. So the only thing I could do, the only thing I could do was to just say over and over again, I understand that you are triggered. And I understand that you don't believe me when I say this, but this is my truth. And I really just had to stand firm in that so that I didn't throw it in her face that I didn't go to anger, but just, just hold tight to that and say this, I know you don't believe me, but this is my truth. And I'm okay if you don't believe me because this is it. And that over time is what allowed me to sit in discomfort with where Ashlyn was, but it also gave me time when intensity decreased to find my, the other pieces of truth for me that were relative for me, right? That were laying on right. the ground of carnage. And some of those things I had to just go find in other places and say, these things here now make up who I am. So when Ashlyn Wood, I'm going to use just a random example. When Ashlyn Wood, um, she used to use this word idiot, which is a really benign word. It's like, okay, that's a funny word. We've heard that a gazillion times. But for whatever reason, when Ashlyn would call me idiot early in, like early in recovery, I would feel just two inches tall. I would, I would, and for whatever reason, that was the word. If she called me a douche, I probably would have laughed, but... The truth is, is that that word was really hard for me to hear. So when I would hear her call me names, it, it, was, it was another piece of truth that I picked up and held and said, wait a second, that is not okay with me to hear you say that. Right. So I don't care what you do, but you're not going to call me that. And, and we're going we're gonna to stop and disconnect from this conversation because I'm not going to engage with you. And Ashlyn did not like that. And I'm sure those are more thoughts of like, this is bad behavior. He's standing up to me and he's holding on to this. Like, well, did you have thoughts of this is betrayal acting out? Like it goes um, both ways most or def- no? Most definitely. And that came later in recovery. 
I came later in recovery to realize, wait, she's having like a betrayal trauma response. And over time it was like, she's, she's just, she's gone crazy to wait. This is betrayal to wait. She's actually really triggered. This has nothing to do with me to, okay, I just need to give her space because she's going to work through this. It was a very gradual process of mindfulness. And um, the more that the, the more time I've spent in recovery, the more I've realized that when Ashlyn's triggered or historically speaking, when Ashlyn was triggered, I made that about me. And I might've contributed to that, but I made that about me. And that gave me zero ability to give any empathy or support to Ashlyn. So here's the whole paradox to everything that we're talking about. And I think this is really, really important kind of the, what, what you're describing, Kobe. Um, and, and maybe I'll give another example just, just so we can see it. Um, you know, I, I've worked with a guy who was very um, compliant to, to his wife. And he, he would look down when he was in public. He wouldn't look up because it was triggering to her if his eyes were looking up. He never went to the beach. He never went to the pool with his kids. He couldn't go to the pool with his kids um, because um, she would get triggered if he was around women in swimming suits and things like that. Um, and he it, it really, in, in my assessment, it wasn't a big risk for him to go to a swimming pool. Um, so he got really compliant with his wife. Um, and he, <laughs> he, he watched the show, The Greatest Showman, and uh, that song, This Is Me. And he's listening to This Is Me. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm not being me in my relationship. I'm not being, I'm not being honest. So in, in, her, in her point of view, it was recovery behavior was not going to the pool. It was not looking up in public. It was, that was recovery behavior. And to me, that was, that was actually addict behavior because he was, he was acting out of his shame. He, totally was, he, he didn't know who he was as a man. He wasn't being honest with his wife. He, you know, and so when he started to get honest with, with her, Brandon, can I, can I actually oh, yeah. pause you on that? Yeah. Because I think, I think there's another element to that, which is, because I, 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 was, I was that guy. I was uh -huh. absolutely that guy. And my mom raised me to be that guy, right? But, right. but what I would argue is, is that there's one more element to that. And that is, there is, I, for, I know for sure for me, I was in that stage where I thought that the result of my compliance was who I was. Yes, yes. And that, yes. So ignorantly so, I would be compliant thinking that that was me. So I think there was a, there was a threshold for me where I started recovering. It was like, I got to be just compliant, compliant, compliant. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait, compliance isn't recovery. Right. And I had no idea that that wasn't authentic living. I just thought I was doing what I was supposed to. Right. Yes. So it's not honest behavior, but it's also sometimes out of ignorance as well. So there has to be this really stark awakening well, that I believe every addict has to have of like, Compliance isn't honest. Kobe, that's why, that's why it, you, people get stuck there so much is because it's, it's, it's hidden two layers deep. Yes. First layer is I'm, I'm a good person because I'm being compliant. I'm good, right? But in reality, you're actually being manipulative and controlling by being this very compliant yeah. person, right? And you're showing up, you're really, next week we're talking to John Eldridge. He talks about how uh, fe femininity cannot bestow masculinity. What, and what that means is 
you look at step three, step three is turn your will in your life over the care of God. It's not turn your will in your life over the care of your spouse. Right. And, and so, yeah. So two layers deep is turn your will in your life over the care of God. Two layers deep is understand who you are as a man, independent of your wife, yeah. connect to God, have that relationship. So then you can show up as a very loving patient, powerful husband and, and father. Um, and, and so, but, but, but this is where a lot of couples get stuck is when they're used to the, the compliance or the weakness or the dishonesty or the, you know, the, the disconnecting in all these ways, then all of a sudden they start practicing getting authentic. Um, the spouse is like, Oh, what, what are you doing? This is triggering. This is uncomfortable person. Yes. Challenging what our norm was. Yes. And see, and I, I look at that Brandon and it's like, to me, I sometimes see these are good things to be worrying about when it's like basic, like you're not doing your dailies right. Or you're not watching our kids. Right. That was totally me. Like when, if you're going to watch the kids, I don't want them watching TV. I don't want this. And, And he's like, if I'm watching the kids, they're going to do what, like how I do it. Right. Right. And so part of it for me was just, (laughs) I had to accept and understand. I didn't have control over how my, Kobe's a good dad and I didn't need to tell him how to be a good dad. Um, and even with dailies, like if you're choosing to do your workout in a very different way than I am, it doesn't make it wrong all the time. It can just be we're different. Right. And, sometimes I think that gets mixed up. Like we have to do it this way because this is the way, you know, we go to the gym for one hour and that's the only way that it counts kind of thing. And that's more of that compliance, right? Totally. If if you went to Kobe and you said, you're not doing your dailies right. You should do them this way. Okay. Um, a couple things in a healthy way need to happen. One, you're giving him feedback. So instead of just being Mr. Hey wife, don't tell me what to do. I, you actually hear the feedback. Oh, let me look at this. And let's say, Kobe, you come back to, actually, I feel perfectly good about the way I'm doing my dailies. Okay. The next thing to do is not to go back to your wife and say, you know what? I feel perfectly good about, it's not that. It's, it, so, so you want to create safety. It's three things. It's empathy, honesty, and consistency. So you go back and you, you empathize like, man, you must be feeling really scared or what's like, I want to hear you. I want to validate how you're feeling, but what's behind that? Let me understand you and see you. And at the same time, I'm still going to be honest with you that I'm okay doing the dailies the way I'm doing them. And I'm going to continue to do that, but I totally see why this is triggering you. And I get it. That makes sense to me. And you're okay to, to feel scared or hurt or whatever about the way I'm doing my dailies. That's okay. And I'm going to continue to do my dailies the way that I'm doing them. Right. Do you see how, how that would create safety? Because it's, it's, it's authentic. It's honest. Well, um, and it's not that pushback of in your face. This is who I am kind of thing. Um, no, no. And yeah, I think that's just, it's a beautiful way of figuring out who you are and also how you can be a partnership and have that respect for each other. And I like how you phrase like, when our partner is acting as saying, Hey, this is, this is worry. 
this worries me the way you're doing this or how you're showing up over here. They're really just safety seeking, right? Yes. Show me how I can feel safe because I don't feel safe. Yes. They're not, they're safety seeking and it might be coming across as control and it might be them being controlling, but underneath them being controlling is fear. And if you can hear their feel, fear, validate them and really actually genu genuinely care about them, they're going to feel safe. Um, whether or not you comply with what they're asking you to do or not, they won't feel safe if you just comply and you don't want to do it because then all you're doing is feeding your own resentment toward them, right? So, um, yeah, addict behavior is um, it, it's an interesting thing because it's behaviors that are driven from shame, and that shame says you're bad and unworthy, and so this very notion of you're the addict, you're this, you're, it, it kind of takes away the humanity from um, that person. And I think it's good for, for both partners to kind of get out of the, the just labeling you as crazy or this or that and, and see you as, as the whole. Like, yes, you struggle with an addiction. Yes, you struggle with denial. Um, you have been manipulative in the past, and I know you're capable of that. Um, I get why you do that, and I'm not going to be okay with you continuing to manipulate me, but I can see you, and I don't just see the label. I don't just see the, the betrayal trauma monster, right, the crazy woman. I don't just see the, the manipulative addict, but I see your pain, and if you can see the pain underneath, then you actually connect to them. You can have compassion for them, and you can still have your own boundaries, so. Yeah, th th I mean... I, I, this might be, I know this for sure is a topic for another day, but it, what I'm, what I'm hearing is, um, <clears throat> compliance can, um, compliance can foster inauthenticity. Compliance is inauthentic. Okay. Compliance is inauthentic right. and can, um, can begin to sow seeds of resentment. Yes. Which can sow seeds of rebellion. Yes. Sounds like my adolescence, actually. <laughs> <laughs> a ton, a ton. And I think that sounds like why, a 12 year old. <laughs> dude, 12, 15, 30, 35 year old. It's like, I, I, I didn't know any other way to, <laughs> to operate. And, and thank heavens, I can really say this, but, but um, thank heavens for thank heavens for a, for uh addiction but more importantly for recovery because i didn't know who i was and and even just saying that out loud is a it's a it's even a scary thing but it's the most beautiful thing it's the most beautiful thing to stand on my own two feet and say, I might not know much and I might have really turned our lives upside down. But I do know that this part, this piece right here is me. And to stand strong against that, um, that opposition and that thought of this is addict behavior and to say, no, actually, this is really me. Every addict must have that experience 
And what they'll find is, is alone as they might feel. I really think there's a lot of heaven that aids that stance. You know, I always say that um, recovery is such this word that's just out there, right? But recovery is actually recovering something. Um, recovery is recovering you <laughs> underneath all the shame, underneath all the, uh, you know, faulty core beliefs. And, and um, you know, Kobe, because of your experience with addiction and, and your recovery work, you've you've uncovered yourself again and and really you've become uh, a man not you're not an adolescent anymore um and 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 as you become a man um you're grounded and you know who you are as you're grounded and you know who you are then you you are capable of creating safety in a healthy relationship um that's recovery behavior and um, loving yourself and knowing who you are. So um, it's hard to differentiate because I think a lot of times the triggers are just so automatic, so quick, you know, all of a sudden Kobe's deciding to be honest and it's like, well, I have, I feel like we're back to square one. Right. And so it's hard to distinguish, but you want to look at the process and you want to look at, the consistency over time. Okay, yeah, I was triggered because he was honest with me yesterday. You know, he was honest last week. Now he's being more honest about what he wants and who he is and how, wow, now I can like trust him a little bit. Um, I'm not so triggered when he tells me where he wants to go out to eat or where when he tells me he's not okay with the thing I just said to him, right? Is that, yeah. is that accurate? Is that yeah, what happens? thousand percent. And Ash, I want to hear your thoughts on this. So I'm going to tee this up nicely so you have a moment to think about it. Okay, because <laughs> those of you at <laughs> the podcast, but our girls, Lucy and Ellie, um, came to us once and they said, okay, moving forward, I want you to, um, in certain situations, um, in order to really know if you guys are telling us the truth, um, then I want to know, are you telling me the truth? Are you trying to keep me safe? And I think that has application here. And I think that would be a great tool for a partner who's been betrayed in order to vet this is say, are you, are you trying to keep me safe or are you telling your truth? I love that. And um, that might take a separate conversation once you hear this episode and say, can we agree to answer this particular thing honestly? Are you trying to keep me safe or are you telling me the truth as a way to tee up what might be otherwise a really contentious, maybe explosive um, conversation? Yeah, I can't help but think of, uh, and that conversation with our kids was they found out Santa Claus was not real, by the way. They oh, wanted to, okay, are you keeping me safe? Or you should have warned them to turn the radio off if they're in, in with their kids. <laughs> oh, I hope they're not listening to this with their children. <laughs> We're just kidding, right, Ashlyn? <laughs> Santa is real. Right, let's go, guys. Wait a whatever. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they have an earbud in listening to this. Um, yes, um, I do. I think there's this 
fine line, right? Where Kobe's saying, yes, I want you to say, show up and, and be your honest self and be authentic. And I, I think of like when we interviewed uh, Dr. Finlayson Fife and she said, I see people change when they really step in and say, this is who I am. Whether it's this really uncomfortable truth of like, this is where I'm at and I'm going to be, a, I'm a liar right now. And that's who I am. Um, yes. But with that, I believe there's definitely been parts in our um, relationship in recovery where we've said, this is where we're at. And yes, it might be triggering to you. It might look like betrayal. It might look like addiction, but not just staying in that. If it is something like you said, Brandon, where it's just behavior that necessarily, maybe I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the person who calls their spouse an idiot and name calls or brings up all this stuff. And yes, that can be considered, that's just her in a betrayal trauma response, or it can just be me showing up because like, that's how I was raised. Right. And so I chose to step into that and say, hey, I don't want to be that person. So I work, <laughs> I try really hard and I don't think I do anymore, but I don't name call. And um, that's something that I have chosen to shift and change. And it's small, but I think part of recovery is also that growth mindset of not just saying, but this is who I am. It's not an addict behavior and it's not betrayal, but it's how I was raised. It's who I am. I think, yeah, you make a great point, Ashlyn. It's not just because this is who I am or this, is my, this isn't my betrayal trauma or this isn't my addiction. It's not therefore just get over it. Um, if I'm right. a name caller, if I'm disrespectful, if I'm a liar and it's like, hey, this is just who I am. Okay. And this just being who you are needs to shift for me to be in a relationship yeah. with you because that doesn't really work. And, and uh, hopefully you can be self-reflective when you realize that, yeah. you, that you suck at. It's like, oh, I, yeah, well, I don't think that comes from the addiction, but yeah, I'm lazy. Yeah. And whatever it's, it is, right? <laughs> it's sitting in it, like you said, taking that feedback, whether it's directed in a therapeutic and kind way or not and saying there is something I need to maybe sit in with this Um, because obviously that is how it's being perceived and so we can't control what people think of us but we can definitely show up in a more authentic and real way so I love that just to reiterate it one more time are you trying to keep me safe or are you gonna are you being honest with me and um, whenever you get that feeling of like Oh, they're just trying to say what they think I want to hear. Maybe you throw that out there. And it's like, uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather have the truth, even if it's hard, than mm-hmm. to not have the truth, right? Um, yes. So, and we say that, and then we get the truth, and then we're like, never mind. Yeah, yeah, I didn't <laughs> want to know that. But, but here's the thing about this, though, is Lucy, how old, was this two years ago, Ashlyn? I'm two years ago. Okay, yeah. that, that Lucy came up with that. Well, we came up with that. And Lucy's like, okay, I'll ask that. And she has reiterated, even at 10 years old, she's like, I want to hear the truth. I don't want you to lie to me. And I want to know. And she's, and she's acknowledged, this might be hard, but I want to know the truth. And we were like, oh my gosh. My first thought was like, you are totally your mom. <laughs> good <for her. laughs> totally good for her right and because uh, there's no way this out of the heavens i would have said that even as a 35 year old um and uh but it was just like okay this is rad and you know what like our safety um lucy's view of ashlyn and i being safe 
has increased since implementing that particular question. Meaning she trusts us more and she feels more safe with us because we've given her the ability to ask that question. Mm -hmm. Crazy. I was just just thinking uh, opportunities to practice this, which might not, hey, do I look fat in this dress? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, do you think think she's hot? Oh Uh, my gosh. Don't Don't ask any of these questions. (laughs) (laughs) None, none. Yeah, yeah, don't don't go test it in those ways. How was dinner tonight? Yeah, how is it? How, how'd my dinner taste? Yeah, yeah, not um, my favorite. That's a good yeah, answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyways, we're glad that you guys were here. We appreciate you joining us and hope that you're able to gain some kind of insight on your own recovery and some of the best things that you can do moving forward from this is to be willing to stand in your truth and to be willing to do it in a way that is meek that is gentle, but firm. And uh, yeah. So and, and by the by the way, that goes both ways. Yes. Both, both <laughs> partners, not just the addict to the betrayed. It goes both ways. It's really great. So, yeah. It's really great. So Ashlyn, where do where do people need to go if they want to get started? They have no idea where to go and what to do. Okay, you're gonna go to um, beyond-enough.com forward slash step one and from there you're going to get the info to get on your way with us get a free (laughs) gift there waiting for you um that will help you get started so thank you guys until next time see you guys peace out